morning, campers, or whatever time of day you might be listening. Welcome to the Camp Camp Counselor's Corner. I'm one of your counselors, the Internet's Mark Budonica, joined as always by the rest of the Rooster Team, Megan Salinas. Good morning, campers. And Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. Welcome into this week's episode, or this episode. What week is it? I don't know. Time seems to be a very flat, unbending, unmerciful circle that we seem to be traveling in because life uh, uh, has found a way to keep us apart from us from each other this summer. But we are here to talk about the directorial debut of one Issa Badiola. We're talking about the episode of Camp Camp titled New Adventure. And uh, to start off, I just wanted to ask, uh, I'll, I'll start with Katie. What did you think of the episode just in general? I enjoyed this one a lot. I always like it when shows that have an established formula kind of take a break from it for an episode or two and just kind of have fun. I appreciate that we did that. I really like that we got to see a different dimension of the campers this episode. I like that we got more characterization from Dolph. I I just really enjoyed this. It was a nice little step to the left, and I appreciated it. What about you, Megan? I also had a lot of fun. I will be honest, I was a little disappointed that this wasn't going to be a little bit more anime uh, just based on the thumbnail, but I really liked this episode because I actually really appreciate the theme of we're, you know, we're kind of different people to different groups of people, if that makes any sense. Um, you know, the the people that you interact with in, in one set of social circumstances, like you can be a completely different person to another group of people in a different set of circumstances. And I really like that this episode explored like who Nikki is outside of Max and Neil. And that's something that really resonated with me. So I, I very much appreciated that. Yeah, I, I like the idea that a person isn't necessarily defined by their friends and it, it reminds me recently of one of my best friends that I've had for a very long time. Uh, I, I've It's been more of a me bringing him into my friend group sort of a situation. And I've, I've hung out with, with his friends from his life and, and things like cousins and family and all that. But when he finally decided to get a D&D game together, it was mostly with those friends from the high school, college, what what have you, and then also my wife and I. So during the first session when we showed up and they were all like sort of, hey, do you remember this teacher or this or that or blah, blah, blah? He, he turned to me and said, this is what it feels like. Uh, of course, in a joking manner, but, but it reminded me of that. And one of my favorite things is throughout ta- getting to this episode and previewing ep- previewing season four, there we were we were discussing what characters we wanted to see more of this season and i think resoundingly we were saying Neris and Dolph and when it was in the the 3D printer episode whose do you, whose item do you want to see them use more it was either Neris or Dolph and and so it i found it interesting that there was this subtext the these previews of making the putting these characters in the background and making us go oh what they're doing right now i really want to see more from them and then getting and then getting the payoff in this episode i i loved it yeah 100% agree it's like Neris and Dolph like are just so endearing 
that, and, and oddly enough, they're not two characters that I would have really paired together in my mind. Like when I think, oh yeah, I want more Neris, and oh yeah, I want more Dolph. That's usually a separate thought. So to see them like together interacting as a unit, as another trio, um, was something I didn't know I wanted, if that makes any sense. <laughs> and their dynamic is so different from our usual trio, because our usual one is just completely wild. And then we look at this new trio and there is a lot more self-esteem and building each other up and being polite and just like, oh, you really are different people with different people. That was not a good sentence, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, just as a, a general question that is that started off the episode, some a phrase that I had never heard before and and <laughs> and yet knew exactly what it meant, giving giving our good friend Gwen just a little bit extra depth when it comes to the type of hell that she has to deal with on a daily basis at her job feminine haptic device it took me it took me a second or two to be like oh that's where we are that's that's the type of that's how deep in the summer we are to where like they flipped the switch on Gwen, or they they turned up the dial i'll say on gwen just a little bit that poor poor woman that poor, poor woman. Thoughts? I appreciate that she keeps them color-coded. That's very organized. <laughs> I just, I felt her pain so much when she's like, I've said too much. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, okay. Error, error, error. I'm going to go down the rabbit hole a little bit here because I spent way too much time on the internet. In terms of feminine haptic devices, they make your standard ones, and then they also make your uh, interesting ones, your shaped ones. So we already know that Gwen is a monster fucker, so I'm kind of wondering, okay, they're color-coded, but what color is the dragon dick that we know she has in there? You know, you know, you know she's got some fun-shaped ones in there. Let's be real. This is Gwen, and those are widely available online, depending on what corners of Amazon and Etsy you go to. Yeah, let's be real. Um, I'd, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank our new sponsor, BadDragon.com. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for knowing exactly what I was talking about. I mean, it, it's not by choice. <laughs> <laughs> you ever just uh, watch man. someone else go down the rabbit hole and you go, I'm learning things today. That... I'm I left that Discord things. a long time ago. <laughs> yep. Megan, are you learning things today? <laughs> let's uh let's let's move on to a little bit more of the plot. Um from from our our FHDs, we move on to Nikki having a little bit uh, having a scheduling conflict with the rest of the trio and going out and hanging out with Dolphin Neris and we see on their ongoing adventures this theme of adventure, 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 adventure. It just keeps going. It never stops. And so, Megan, I wanted to ask you, they don't necessarily have a, quote, leader figure. And and do you think that has anything to do with their errant adventuring with no end results? I think that part of it is that 
Yeah, they. it's kind of like looking at a little improv troupe, in all honesty. They see something and immediately go, yes, that's our new adventure. It's like life is the audience at their improv show offering them suggestions that they then... Uh, that they then begin to chase. Um, yeah, if if anybody I think would be the leader, I would kind of say it would probably be Nikki just by default, um, given that she's a member of our main trio and she usually sees something and then goes, hey, guys, look at that. And then all three of them together declare new adventure. Um, but yeah, for the most part, this seems to be a trio that's, on the same wavelength and they're they're all go with the flow types of like hey look at this new thing all right that's the direction that we're going with now what do you think katie i honestly put a, put it as naris just because you're in enough D campaigns you eventually learn how to run one or at least what it should kind of look like so you can yes and like crazy but occasionally someone has to be the dm and go uh guys Guys, you, you had a thing. Are you going to do the thing? No? All right, fine. I think I just made an argument against my point. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. That's what D&D is like. I don't think their particular character types would lend them to being leaders. And not necessarily that they can't, but more of it's not in their nature to sort of to lead like that. So I don't I don't think that them having a leader need that that's not what they're about. They're not about the end resort the result. They're about the journey and the adventure itself. And Dolph especially painting these well, I mean we've only really seen him he he has dreams of bigger pastures and and Paris and France and and all these and I say all these but the the one country of which I'm referencing but but they all have these ideas that are just raw adventure and getting out into the world and we see it run wild with these three and and the fact that it's only been it's we're still in the midst of the first summer so to speak or in the the midst of summer and they've already been adventuring presumably presumably since the beginning because there's references to stuff that we've never seen but is enough to be an inside joke between all of them and now it it makes me wonder what i mean now you want to see more with camp camp you always want to see more and especially these three but also who else is there that that has been hanging out and just because max seems to be max nikki and neil seem to be our main characters we're not getting an opportunity to to hear those stories now uh transitioning into the the car chase there's okay like (laughs) there's so much there's so much that they don't even talk about that le- that would add would have added to world building in such a huge way but the sheer nature of these kids is no on to the next but I, so i want to ask I'll, I'll start with katie on this one what the hell did the quartermaster have in the bus you ever seen the princess and the frog yeah yeah those look like some friends on the other side going on down there Ooh, some bayou shadows it's either that or a bunch of heartless 
That that I can see. It it honestly it could be either. It could be some gestalt entity of souls that he's been saving. We I think the first time we watched this, I was making Undertale endogeny cracks. Like it could be anything. Hmm. It could be anything. But I like that he called them. He called them camplets, didn't he? The kids. Uh, camplings. Camplings. I don't, I don't recall. He called them something cute, and then just that's not ready for public consumption. I'm <laughs> like, okay. Are we, what I have to wonder for all of these is, are we planting any semblance of seeds that we're going to see later on? Or is this just a bunch of one-off hilarity? Because we also have Miss Pris may or may not have done a murder and been involved with one of the guys from town. We have this, we have, we have the trailer park. Basically, I'm wondering if any of these are plot threads that are going to show up in any capacity or if it's just like, hey, the quartermaster's doing some weird shit again. Shrug. There's so much. Don't worry. I'll get to some of that other stuff. But Megan, (laughs) um, what do you what do you think uh, Mr. Kume had in the bus in the bus? Uh, Mr. (laughs) Kume. I was going to say QM, but then it just Kume. I do. I do like how they they call him QM in the next episode. But um, I at the risk of sounding like a perpetual broken record every week, there's an episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's an episode of The Simpsons that is a treehouse of horror that is a parody of the Twilight Zone episode, uh, Terror at like 50,000 feet or wh- whatever it's called. Um, it's that classic episode of There's Something on the Wing. And in that episode of The Simpsons, it's a little goblin um, that is tearing up the side of the bus and uh, definitely messing with things to the point where it, it's the bus is in danger of crashing. Um, I saw those little shadow creatures and I immediately thought of that little goblin. And I was just like, is he just like keeping those things in the bus? Like, I guess if you're keeping them in a secure location, it can't get on the side of the bus and in the engine, I I suppose. But like, that's the vibe that I got from them is that I'm like, oh, that's, those are all the creatures that end up on the wing of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> Something that now, now thinking past the, uh, the episode that aired this past Saturday, it's gotta be something of Eldritch in nature that is something to do with his ritual, something that ends up going into uh, a cave of some sort. And uh, I, I don't, <laughs> I just, it's just terrifying. Despite, his, you know, caring, seemingly having some care about the campers in the bus particularly and making sure they're paying attention to whatever harebrained scheme he has looped them in on, it's still like, no, please, no, stop. You don't, you, that's not good. You don't want that. The time is not yet right. The time has not come yet. Uh, I'm, oh man, I, I, you just kind of back away making no cat noises. Just no, 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 Oh, Long Johnson. But, um, I, I, I want, I want to talk about Miss Priss and our van driver because I know exactly who the van driver is. But before we continue, I just want to take this opportunity to thank everybody who has been supporting us on Brewster Team Radio. We humbly appreciate your listenership and anybody who has been supporting us financially through Anchor.fm. We humbly, humbly, humbly appreciate uh, the the support that we're getting from you. It's helping us sort of boost up our uh, technological 
what are technological opportunities there? Sure, I'll go with that. But um, also anybody who is listening to us on uh, any podcast service, we would humbly appreciate any sort of reviews that you can leave. Uh, iTunes, uh, if Google Podcasts does any sort of a reviewing, we would really appreciate it. Spotify, we're on Spotify, or Anchor.fm, another way, that, that'll help us grow because it means more people can find us, but another way that you can help people find us is just by suggesting us to your friends. Did a friend get into Camp Camp recently, or Genlock, or any of the or red versus blue or ruby any of the shows that we've been talking about here on the station just send them a link ask them what their podcast uh pod, podcast app of choice is and send them send them our way we love to have people join in the family so thank you all for your listenership uh, we also do have a sponsor not the one that i mentioned earlier but uh katie if you would be so kind as to tell us about our sponsor for a second i thought you meant we had another sponsor and i was like holy shit <laughs> give it time i was very excited <laughs> we're working on it rooster team radio is sponsored by fred's bs Fred's and spreads by fred Fred's BS is an L.A. local one-man baked goods business that offers unique flavors in small batches. Whether you're looking for homemade jams, brownies, blondies, or brown sugar buddies, the best cookies you've ever had, Fred's BS can provide. All products are made in small batches with fresh ingredients, nothing is ever frozen, and Fred provides a plethora of flavors that can't be found in stores, like the aforementioned brown sugar buddies or his strawberry peach paradise sunrise jam. Also, if you're L.A. local, you can choose pickup instead of delivery and get your goods even sooner. Head to fredsbs.com and use coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM for 20% off your entire order. That's fredsbs.com, F-R-E-D-S-B-S.com, and coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM, team with an M. Fred's BS, treat yourself, because you deserve it. At the time of this recording, Fred's website is down for planned maintenance. He is doing a bit of a revamp. He will be back in a soonish manner. If you want more information, follow the Fred's BS Instagram and Twitter. Dig it. Thank you, Katie. And thank you, Fred. We appreciate your support of Rooster Team Radio. All right. Now, I I find it interesting that nobody recognized our featured extra that was sharing the van with Miss Pris as Lester from Lester's Electronics. I mean, I knew I recognized the face, but I don't have the encyclopedic knowledge of the uh, series that you do, so I didn't know exactly where he was from. Just like, I've seen that man in town. I remember watching it the first time, and I just went, Lester? (laughs) What dark machinations are going on in that dome of yours? Now, what the hell... Do Pris and Lester have to do with a possible murder? It was a crime of passion. That's all I got. I'm not I'm not one for shipping. But if we're if we're starting to ship Lester and Pris just from an on it's like um what are those like um the um the impassioned murder shows what are those called? Oh, informative murder oh, porn mur- murder porn yeah where uh like the the shows on like oxygen where it's like snapped or uh um, yeah. one of those yeah but it's these two uh <laughs> it's <laughs> i mean there, there there isn't too much to, i mean rampant speculation is, is all that we have megan uh <laughs> for one mark i'm so so proud of you i'm so so proud of you um 
too. I I I would love love loved like the the epi- the the murder porn episode about Miss Pris and Lester committing a murder and uh and disposing of the body. Like I would love that episode <laughs> that's just done in that documentary style. That would be amazing. I I want to point out how freaking hilarious I think it is that the episode after we have a you know Max took it upon himself in the last episode to be a detective, to get to the bottom of a mystery. And we we were making jokes about, like, someone in this room is a murderer. You may be wondering why I've gathered you all here today. I think it's super hilarious that that hat is nowhere to be seen in the actual episode where there's a dead body disposal. Well, it also, I think that's a good point. It shows a bit of how sort of shortened or or limited max's scope of adventures and doing stuff seems to be he sort he kind of stays in camp unless he he seems fit enough to go out or or the particular situation calls for it where he he was so he had blinders on for whatever mystery him and neil and space kid got into that he there's so much more happening around Lake Lilac that we don't know. And I would like to point out that this potential murder, to- totally, absolutely a murder. I don't know why I said potential right there, but I would like to point out that this murder and these two people that we would never expect to see together, working together, very much falls in line with this episode's themes of what we see in the show isn't necessarily these characters' entire lives. There's a lot more to them that we don't know about. And evidently, the lot more that we don't know about for uh, Lester and Miss Pris involves murder. I'm, I'm, I, I just pulled the scene back up again. The body is unidentifiable. They're just, they're missing a shoe. I don't, there's no way to tell who it is. They murdered a homeless man in the city. It's fine. It's not. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. (laughs) Murder, it's fine. It's interesting because later, later in the episode, we see Kevin. So I'm wondering, you know, obviously Kevin, uh, like Miss Pris is a client of Kevin's. So I'm wondering if this has anything to do with her drug habits. And, you know, later on we have a Breaking Bad reference. So I'm wondering if maybe all of the disconnected events, the the various the various separate adventures, are in fact components of the same story. And we're just seeing a lot of clips out of context. Um, but before we go down that rabbit hole, I do want to point out when it comes to Miss Pris and Lester, that is definitely a I wouldn't have predicted because in my head, going back to shipping, I kind of ship Cameron Campbell and Miss Pris <laughs> in a weird way. Is that weird? It's called ego shipping. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's weird, but I think they're too similar. I think they would say too in in an in an egocentric way, they as much as they like to hear themselves talk, they don't want to hear somebody else talk. You know, you know what I mean? I don't I don't know if I don't know about Pris, but I, I think Cam I think they're both going for like trophy trophy uh sim, not whoa. Partner. Um yeah. yeah. You know, trophy husbands and wives or what have you. I think it would be a glorious train wreck to watch that ship play out for exactly one episode. 
And also, if we're going down the rabbit hole of everything we see is connected, where do the quartermaster shadow creatures fit into your uh, larger murder scheme? They're the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're what drugs look like in 1950s PSAs. <laughs> um, or, I mean... Uh, maybe it's just because I just recently watched Mandy on um, on Friday night, like, uh, and that that movie's a trip. At one, it's supposed to be like grounded in reality, but it's really like a drug induced fever dream. And at one point, I thought there were literal demons <laughs> running around in the narrative. Like, I literally thought I was like, "Are those demons on motorbikes?" I have no idea. Uh, it could be that, like, the some essence of the demon fact of the of these shadow demons factors into the drugs that are going around um and so in fact it's not just a drug ring but it's like an eldritch horror that has invaded a drug ring i don't know that's that's a weird that's a weirder rabbit hole to go down than what we're actually given but i megan i could watch that show have you seen the most recent episode <laughs> Yes, I have indeed. So we had we had an episode where the kids went on a magical journey up to the top of volcano that ended up being fake, or that ended up being a a a mind picture adventure. Whereas this one, these ones have a little bit more quote reality to them. It's I don't nothing is off limits, man. <laughs> That's true. In a weird way, it could be that the drug dealers got themselves mixed up in some arcane magic that they have no full understanding of, and that the quartermaster, strangely enough, hero, question mark, that he is, saw fit to interfere. Yeah, very true. Very, very true. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> the quartermaster hero that he is is such a concerning yet hilarious phrase. The quartermaster, comma, hero? Question mark? <laughs> that he is? Maybe. So our, our kids, our, our heroes, are, are then landed at a, a trailer park. And did anybody th think that the trailer park was going to go in a different direction? Um, I, I mean, the last time we were in a trailer park, we, it was to, to serenade Bonquisha. So yes, I, it was. I kind of thought we were going to get a little bit of Bonquisha, but as as we, you know, sort of, you know, again tying into the theme of this episode, you know, there's a there's a great big world out there. You know, it's not just our point of references for all of these places. Like Bonquisha is not the only one that lives there. <laughs> you know. Sure, but that's that's our only point of reference for a trailer park. True, but I I did appreciate just the random one-off Breaking Bad reference and with how much love and care that explosion and the devastation thereof were rendered. Well, I mean, this isn't our first Breaking Bad reference. Our, our first Breaking Bad reference was in the Last Diablitas episode where they were taking over... Um, uh, they were taking over various turf. Yeah. Yeah, no. Beautiful, this, yeah. beautiful chillins. Yeah, Jesse's dead. Now Jesse's dead. Oh, no. Um, Everyone's dead. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's dead, fine. Now, for, did, 
uh, everybody, the kids are just so nice. They're like, I can't imagine what Neil or Max would do in that situation. But we got three of the nicest kids just making sure that a drug dealer has a nice day or a drug maker, excuse me. From here, we bump into the known, uh, I was going to say trio, but the, the Wood Scouts and the Flower Scouts. Did anybody notice anything different about the Flower Scouts? Yes. Um, the, which, which one is the one with blue hair? I, I always. Erin is showing off her heterochromia. Exactly. Oh, it's just this cute little clip so that her entire face is visible. And like, I actually didn't notice that the first time around. Um, I had to rewatch the episode and it just, it melted my heart because she didn't seem self-conscious about it at all. Like, it's just... It's super cute, and she seems really confident in her new look. And um, again, the 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 narrative doesn't draw attention to it in any way, shape, or form. It's not something that we get like a dramatic zoom in on or or a dramatic close up on. It's just there. It's just matter of factly, and I really appreciate that. And it's just so cute, and I'm just so happy she's happy with who she is. Uh, agreed. Kate, did you have any thoughts about it? I same goes for me, but double. Uh, Hell yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I just appreciated this entire scene with the guys. Those those aren't our only friends, and just you you cannot. <laughs> what was the line? I'm losing things. Uh, I I think a really telling. Yeah, I think a really telling part of this was Jeremy farts. Um, kind of reassurance that like without without the wood scouts like he couldn't function and that was kind of sad i mean jeremy farts dot 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 kind of sad (laughs) yeah that's about it but the we don't always need a leader telling us what to do you don't of course you do okay you'd be be dead without me that's what i thought sure that's how that works (laughs) Um, does anybody think that we're going to see a fourth Flower Scout? I mean, we've seen about a dozen of them, but we haven't really given any of them. You know what I mean, a fourth main I, Flower I, Scout. Yes. Yeah. No. I don't think we've given them any other ones enough personality. And I mean, we started with a trio of Wood Scouts as well, and then added a fourth one when Jeremy showed up and was subsequently yeeted from the camp. So unless we get someone who is introduced as another Camp Campbell camper that just does not fit in and gets thrown sideways into the Flower Scouts. I'm not sure I see that happening. You, Katie, you actually gave me an idea that I wonder if they'll ever do. If we do get the one-off episode of Campbell and Pris in their drug-laden romance, uh, the convergence of the Flower Scouts and the Camp Campbell campers uh, could be terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. <laughs> they start the episode trying to get them together, thinking that it will help them both chill out and get off their asses, and end the episode trying to break them up because, oh God, oh God, what have we done? This was a mistake. They've released the Kraken, I, so to speak. I actually really like the idea of introducing a new Flower Scout uh, recruit. I, I like the idea of introducing uh, a new 
girl that actually acts a lot like Nikki. Because as we we know from season one, Nikki was a flower scout and they kind of bullied her out. The dynamic of the flower scouts has changed. Um, Again, you know, they're not, even though they're still a trio and even though, you know, they're still... Uh, (laughs) that sort of structure is in charge in terms of like who's the quote-unquote leader they're not as I mean they're not really being subservient to her anymore and you know to the point where Erin isn't ashamed of her heterochromia and um, Tabby isn't ashamed of the fact that she only has one eye now so I think if they introduced somebody who acted like Nikki uh, into the Flower Scouts again, I think her experience would be very different than the 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 experience that bullied Nikki out of of that troop, and I'd kind of like to see that play out. Hell yeah, that's it, Megan. Thank you. That that's that sounds amazing and magical, and we have an infinite amount of camp camp seasons supposedly. We don't <laughs> we don't know we don't know when the summer will end. We don't know when the show will end and. By by God, let's let's go to like the eighth season where we need a new character, sort of <laughs> sort of a situation. <laughs> we're gonna Phineas and Ferb the hell out of this. Hell yeah! Um, I was gonna say we're gonna Muppet Babies the hell out of it and add Bean in like season six. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> you've been watching Defunct Land too, huh? No. Yes. But, <laughs> yes. But uh, the end of the episode sort of shows the the strength of character with the trio that we've been following all episode and also <laughs> a, a ridiculous payoff to a joke at the top of the episode with both Sasquatch and an upside down turtle and Max and Neil. Do any, any thoughts about the rest of this episode or talking points that y'all wanted to bring up? I'll start with Katie. Um, I was not expecting I scraped my knee to be a pull away and to a, a compound fracture basically like that was camp camp occasionally pulls something out that straight up makes me recoil and for some reason that was this very rarely but sometimes it's just like oh oh i didn't need that in my life and also (laughs) that was a very oddly sexily voiced sasquatch like wow that was a smooth voice i was not expecting from him but okay. Megan? <laughs> um, I First and foremost, I want to know what the hell kind of Ponzi scheme involves hanging turtles upside down. Um, Max should definitely be punished for animal cruelty. Uh, <laughs> um, poor space kid getting abandoned. You know, he, he was quickly picked up oh, that's right. as the third member of their trio and was quickly abandoned and forgotten about. <laughs> Poor baby. Um, and uh, the, yeah, as far as Sasquatch goes, I mean, we already know that like ghosts exist in this world and magic is real to an extent. So um, seeing the missing link um, wasn't actually that big of a surprise, but it was a delight, that's for certain. Um, I wasn't expecting him to be as articulate as he was either, but 
boy, howdy. I mean, he he's really good at wrapping up the moral of the story. So kudos, Mr. Squatch. I like how the two things that we pulled from were that a Sasquatch won't does a Sasquatch surprise doesn't surprise me, but a man who snapped his knee in half does. <laughs> That's where we are in this show. I mean, yeah. You you we started with we're looking for Sasquatch and something stole that hunk of meat or whatever it was. I don't actually remember what they baited the trap with. And this is a show that has shown us that yeah. Sasquatch is probably absolutely real and it's probably going to be a one-off gag. And you know what? It's fine. We have a tauntine. The quartermaster's a time lord. Could be anything. But we don't usually get a lot of gruesome depiction of realistic injury. And yeah, compound fractures are a... You don't want to witness those in real life. You don't. They're livable. So there's, there's a certain level of what the fuck that this show has cultivated. And for me, the missing knee was outside of it, but Sasquatch was just smack in the fucking middle. But that's also how how much drugs Kevin does. <laughs> <laughs> Every drug, all of them. Yeah, not even once. <laughs> you can snap your knee and just be like, eh. Like, like I said, it makes me wonder if there wasn't if this all wasn't one connective narrative uh, <laughs> um, and we're, we're only just seeing the out of context bits and pieces of it from the perspective of these kids. Um, so yeah, I, I would, I would definitely love to see what sort of adventure was happening on the other side of it. Same, very same. Um, any, anytime there seems to be an adventure from another, like adventures seem to happen from any group, any camp, at any time. And it just makes it more exciting to to know what's going on. I'm a big fan of Rashomon's, uh, which is, you know, telling the same story from multiple perspectives. And I think the Rashomon of this episode would be fucking fascinating. I like, as much as we got an opportunity to see these two other campers in a new light or in a different light, maybe not necessarily a new light. I would love for them to lead their own episodes now, now that we've sort of gotten the transition of the main three having an episode with them. Now we have sort of an offshoot of one of the main three sort of guiding their arcs in the episode. Now I hope we get to a point where we get the, the Neris episode where it's Neris dealing with everything else, where it's not as much of a trio of main characters, but it's truly an ensemble cast. And I think we get a little bit of that in the next episode with Harrison. And I hope that there's more of that to come. And um, before we sign off here or get into our camp activity, I should say, uh, is there anything else that either y'all want to talk about before we get into that? Uh, the the only thing I, I want to bring up is how much I loved just the dialogue between these three characters. Um, I like it resonated a lot with me. And like if you just took the dialogue from the script and attributed it to three adults sitting in a bar, you know, getting together for the first time in a while and just reminiscing and venting and everything like that. Like 
this felt like a very real adult conversation. And a lot of the humor from that is coming from the fact that it's kids having this talk. And so I, I very much appreciate it. I was like, these are, they're sweet and they're adorable and they're kind and polite and very innocent in their own way. But in some ways, they're also very mature campers for their ages. Yeah, I appreciated when they pulled back and had some of these conversations and the one about like my scheduling is so packed, I want to make sure to make time for you guys. It feels like we never see each other anymore, which is the millennial experience and also the living in Los Angeles experience. Like I ran into a friend at a bar the other night. I haven't seen her in probably six months. We live 20 minutes away from each other, maybe. It's just, it's that sort of thing. It's like, oh, hi. It's been forever. I know you live like five streets away, but still, hi, everything's insane. So I appreciated that. And I also appreciated the conversation about we're all kind of boxed into our easily digestible stereotypes. So we don't really get to talk about anything that doesn't fit into there. Like Neris's love of competitive baking shows or Nikki's hatred of grapefruits, which are oranges with smallpox, which I think is my favorite line in the episode. Well, yeah. Has anybody ever had grapefruit? Yeah. 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 Right. See, what you do is you, you cut it in half. You put the cut side up on a cookie sheet. You sprinkle liberally with brown sugar and you bake it in the oven for about five minutes. I thought I thought you were going to say you cut it in half, you put it on a baking sheet and you throw it out. <laughs> I mean, legit, but that that is the only way I have found to make grapefruit palatable. My grandma used to just eat one for breakfast every morning and not give a single fuck. Dream. My grandma was also a nurse at D-Day, so, you know, she she did some shit. It's, it's one of those things where I think they made up for that Twizzlers and Red Vines joke by going a little bit more universal. Yeah. So before we go, I just wanted to hit our camp activity for this episode. I want to see, I mean, we all want to see, we have an idea of an unseen Camp Campbell trio and adventure and an adventure that you'd like to see them go on. Whether you draw it, whether you tell it, if you leave a voice message through Anchor Voice Messaging, which is, a, you just go down to the description or click through to, to go to our Anchor page, leave a voice message. You can do it on your phone, on your computer, whatever. We did it with Cam the last episode. We played his voice message that he left us for the camp activity that time. So we want to hear from you. Put it in the Discord, which also our link is down below. Uh, the link to our store, tpublic.com slash the rooster team down below. And our Twitter, twitter.com slash the rooster team also down below. Or just write out what I'm saying in your address bar. It's just that easy. We want to hear from you. And uh, before we go, though, we want to let you know where you can find us on the internet. And I'll start with you, Katie. You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. If you like reaction videos to Rooster Teeth stuff, they live on that YouTube channel. I am also on another podcast called On The Point. It is an Overwatch and Overwatch League podcast, and we talk about well, all things Overwatch and Overwatch League. Stage 3 has been bonkers, and we are having a grand old time talking about that, so uh, check that out on all of your podcasting platforms. I will also be at Anime Expo this July 4th weekend, so if you see me, you know, say hi. I'd love to meet you guys. 
I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I also do a Lost retrospective podcast called No Love Lost, where my co-host Will Link loves Lost, and I don't, and we talk about it. I also have a YouTube channel called Silver Screams, where uh, me and Katie talk about horror things. So go check that out if you're interested. Also, make sure to check out the rest of our feed. We've got stuff for Genlock, Red versus Blue, Ruby, and some other discussionary topics that um, we, we talked about the recent Glassdoor uh, controversy. Make sure you uh, you check that out if you're only listening to the Camp Camp stuff. It, it, it's there. It, we, we all share one big podcast feed so hopefully you've gotten it hopefully you listen to it we feel like we had a pretty good take on it make sure also to, to follow stacy shuttleworth at stacy shuttles we're going to get her back into the fold soon and if anybody's going to rtx this weekend enjoy have fun we want to hear all about it we're going to be talking about it after it wraps up on sunday so make sure to stay tuned for that as well have fun be safe don't pick bats up off the ground yeah uh, stay cool <laughs> <laughs> stay cool drink water all that fun stuff it is a little weird going into rtx season not gearing up for it just life found a way to keep us away but we hope to be there next year um you can follow me at mark Bidonica. also follow the podcast that i do with my wife party of two at party of two pod it's a theme parks podcast we're sort of going nuts on all of the stuff in florida here well because we live here now. And uh, we, we've been doing some stuff about Epcot since there's there's rumored to be a big update. There are a lot of rumors that have since been proven incorrect, causing a lot of drama in the theme park, online theme park community. We've talked about that recently too, so go check that out. It's also an Anchor podcast. So uh, we want to thank you for taking your time to listen to this episode of Camp Camp Counselor's Corner. And we and we'll see you next time. Camp Adium.